Hey everyone, welcome to the Career Switcher Podcast, the show that explores the fascinating journeys of everyday people who dare to make a change, rewrite their stories, and transform their careers to build the life they always wanted. I'm your host, Gil Shu, and today we're speaking with my good friend, Nader Mokhtar. Nader grew up in Egypt and moved to the United States in 2006 to study mechanical engineering. However, after graduating in 2010 in the wake of the financial crisis, he found it impossible to get a job as an entry-level engineer. As a plan B, Nader pivoted into real estate, managing investment properties and eventually becoming a real estate agent. However, after many years of grinding away at cold calls, juggling flaky clients, and navigating long hours, Nader took a bold step in 2018, quitting his job in real estate and dove into the world of software engineering. Since then, Nader has flourished as a software developer and has worked at some of the world's most exciting tech companies. Alongside his professional success, he's been able to start a family and embrace new passions, including training for a marathon. Nader's story is amazing, and I'm excited to share it with you all. So with that said, let's dive in. Nader, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So let's start with a little background. Where are you from? Uh, born and raised in Egypt, but um, of two cultures. I was uh, coming here every summer to visit my extended family from my mom's side in Massachusetts, actually. And um, then I decided to make the full move here back in 04 uh, for college. Okay, back in 04. And then you've been in the States since then? Yeah. I think you also mentioned to me that you went to college in Egypt, right? So I, w- I went for a year in Egypt. Then I uh, took the SATs and applied without telling my parents uh, applying for the uh, college in the U.S. And when I came here for summer to visit, I submitted my application and did everything for that. And I got accepted the next year and I convinced my parents to come over after that. Wow. Very cool. So what, um, like, how did you, like, what did you choose as your, as your major or how did you arrive at that choice? Um, uh, originally in Egypt, I was an electrical engineer, uh, cause that was the only option available for me. Uh, the, uh, mechanical engineer was in another city that was too far away from home. Uh, mm-hmm. but when I transferred here to the U S I went to mechanical engineering cause that was more, uh, visual and I, uh, I'm a visual thinker. So that, that was more in my lane. Very cool. So what about like your college experience, either in, in Egypt or in Boston? Like, what was it, What do you think of your college experience when you look back at it? It was fun. Um, I got to meet a lot of people over the years. Um, I, I think the most important, most the biggest thing I took from college was the friendships. I have a lot of friendships from college that I have to till today. Uh, people all over the world, friends, and, uh, most continents and uh I love keeping in touch with them and uh, it's very rewarding. Nice. So you're in college for mechanical engineering. Was that like after college, or was it, did you get a job in mechanical engineering? Unfortunately, no. The Back when I was finishing up college was 2010. Um, that was uh, the height of uh, post the recession um, and people not employing for mechanical engineering, especially in Massachusetts. And the entry level jobs that I remember back then were looking for five to 10 years of work experience. Whoa, uh, so, and the only option at that point was going to Texas. And I was like, I don't know anything about Texas, nothing to knock on Texas. I just did not know anything about Texas. And a lot of people I knew ended up moving to Texas because that was the only place for mechanical engineering jobs. Um, 
So I decided to stay in Massachusetts and figure it out here. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I felt like the same thing. I graduated from architecture in 2009. That was, you know, right in the, uh, the crisis, the financial crisis. And then I, I graduated all places in Miami where basically everybody's just building their second home. So when there's no money, there's, you don't need a second home. Um, so I, I definitely feel that pain. It was like even hard to get a, for like a unpaid internship. Um, but, uh, so, okay. So you're decided not to go to Texas, decided to stay in Boston. So what did you do instead? Uh, initially I started with, uh, property management. I had some family that had property here out in the Wellesley area and they had a couple of, uh, beat up, uh, single family houses that were in pretty bad shape and the management was not doing a good job. So I went and pitched in with that, helped out, then, uh, found out that the realtors that were taking care of the property were not honest, um, and were skimming off the contract work. So I took over the management fully and, uh, and since I was going to management fully, I decided to go get my real estate license, uh, in real estate sales. And I was like, I was looking for something actually to push me out of my shell as a, you know, a nerdy engineering, uh, non-English speaker. Um, mm -hmm. I, I was looking for something to push me out of my comfort zone. So I decided to do sales, uh, in real estate at that point in time. So when you were doing the, uh, the property management, like you built like your own company for that? Um, it was just a informal, uh, property management, uh, kind of I thing see. on behalf of family that was living overseas. And, um, so I was managing the properties, getting them up to shape, um, then also the same, but that's not enough to sustain me in terms of income. So I decided to do the sales part, uh, to sustain my income at that point in time. Got it. So you're doing real estate sales in addition to the property management and, uh, like, did you enjoy that? What did you think of that? It was two sides of same coin, right? It's, I loved teaching people about the industry and helping them level up on real estate and, uh, get informed on uh, the right steps to success. And I was pretty good at, at helping them get to success. But, um, uh, the other part of the same coin, which is educating people, some people think they know better and they need to be sold to kind of thing and have mm -hmm. them guided through the process, even though they think they know better and those customers rub me wrong. Um, so, um, I was coming from an education mindset and they were coming from a, Oh, let's go, you know, sell me on this property. Why would I buy this property? And like, just like asking just absurd questions to me as a logical person. Mm -hmm. So that was just grinding me down and that's a portion of the industry that you need to cater to, to have a sustainable career. You can't just go to the, um, my ma main clientele was the engineering type of scientist type. I've uh, meshed well with them because they were looking for information and they were looking for a low pressure selling environment. So, mm -hmm. uh, but that's a small segment of the market. So I, I d didn't thrive in it in that sense. So hence every year in sales, I was burning out at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And, and how long did you do that for? Six years. Oh, okay. So a good amount of time. Yeah. So I imagine you went through like ups and downs in, in that profession, but after six years, like ultimately was there like kind of some kind of event or some kind of thing where you're like, I, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> Funny enough, uh, two things. My wife was telling me about the, that they hired somebody from the coding bootcamp launch academy. 
And uh, so, and I had heard about it many years before I started real estate. I was thinking about maybe doing something uh, in that field, but I was like, mm, don't know about it. It was not a sure thing at that time. Little did I know if I did that, it would have been a great choice at that time, but I didn't know better at, the, at that age. I decided to uh, look into it again and talk to a couple people. And I was going through a really bad transaction where the clients were, uh, what's it called, uh, nitpicking on everything. They're like, oh, we don't like this paint. Can we ask them to change the paint? Okay, we can ask them to change paint. Oh, they're taking too long to finish the construction. Yeah, we're building it. We're buying a new construction. That's why it's going to take a while until we get the certificates for it. Uh, um, uh, but like, um, I worry about the smell. I have headaches from like uh, chemical smells. Okay, well, they'll use a low, chemi low ch chemical smell. They were just, uh, the client was just looking for things constantly wrong with the transaction uh, for no reason. So it just grinded, grinded me hard kind of thing. And I was just like, at that point in time, I was starting to like check out. So um, I actually gave the transaction to my coworker to finish and they ever and end up, up actually not finishing the transaction and trying to buy the next year with my coworker uh, a year after that. Gotcha. Dang, that sounds tough. Okay, so you've got a pretty bad client and uh, you heard about Launch Academy, which is that software bootcamp that uh, we were talking about earlier. And um, okay, so tell me about that process. Tell me about that thinking. Obviously, you're a little unsatisfied with what you're doing now, but then you you are made aware of this of this program. So I guess tell me, walk me through like some of your thought process of like ultimately like diving into that that boot camp, or what were the, some of the things that attracted you to the idea of switching careers? So a few things. I talked to a couple people that graduated from the boot camp that they told me good things about it. And they were, uh, one person had already been two years out of the boot camp, one person just a couple months out of the boot camp. So both of them had great experiences in their career after the fact. Um, and then I went and chatted with the CEO of the boot camp. Um, Dan Pickett and I chatted with him and he was very realistic, no BS on what the expectations would be. Uh, like mm -hmm. a typical alumni would be looking at an internship. Uh, we recommend a lot of people look at internship before uh, being serious about the first job and uh, average salary at that point in time was 66,000. So it was, he was not putting rose colored glasses for me to jump on and he was being very realistic on what the expectations would be as opposed to everybody else I was hearing in, around the industry. You'll make $120,000 a year once you graduate. And like, and that was not, not untrue in California, but the reality of the rest of the industry and the rest of the country was not paying these salaries at that point in time. Right. So I appreciated the honest, straightforward, um, expectations. And I went in, uh, knowing that I, I was sold on that by having that. And I showed the, the curriculum also to a couple of software engineers that I knew in the area. And they told me that's a pretty solid, uh, curriculum as opposed to the other competitors that were in the area. Gotcha. And I guess just taking a step back, what was the idea of a career in software? Um, even before like choosing, you know, what type of program that might get you there, the idea of choosing a, a, a career in software. What about that was attractive to you as compared to what you were coming from? Well, it might seem cl sound cliche, but, um, for me was steady paycheck was a big 
attractive thing after being a mercenary for six years, uh, going sure. after a sale here and a sale there. So that was a big uh, motivation for me. And from that also clear progression in the career, right? Where you have goals and because in sales, you're, you're your own boss and you're your own educator and trainer and all that stuff. So there's no formal mentorship, especially in a job like the real estate sales because it's a 1099 job and nobody can tell you you need to show up at this time or because right. it's 100% commission. Right. It's almost too much freedom, not enough structure. Exactly. And that's my first in my technically my first real job after uh, graduation from mm -hmm. college. That was not a good it was not a good fit for me. I, I needed something that will teach me more of the what needs to be done day to day, how to organize my work day, all that stuff. Um, so hence, I crave that structure going to uh, software engineering. Okay. So more structure, potential for mentorship, uh, steady paycheck, sort of like a, a more clear like career path or career track, right? Those things were attractive to you. Yeah. But also at the same time, right? There are many different careers that could do something like that. Is there something, is there anything else specific about software that was interesting to you? It matched where, how I was thinking. So I was like, before that I helped the startup, uh, I was trying to launch a roommate finding app. Um, oh, cool. Um, and I like the process of discovery and thinking about how software can solve problems and, um, it meshed well with my thinking in that way. So, uh, I got very interested in what would, how, but I didn't know how to code at that point in time. So sure. I can only help in the business development side and making contacts for them and getting customer feedback. Cause that was my field for sure. Seeing how, you know, people can apply software to solve big problems is pretty cool. And seeing that launch process, the first year of that business was pretty cool. Nice. Nice. Okay. So that, that makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, you've sort of identified software as a potential new career, and then you've sort of talked to or in, investigated different um, bootcamp programs and talked to um, a few engineers and, and a few other folks about the quality of various programs. And then you ended up with launch, right? And so I guess let's, let's skip a little bit forward to like, you know, you're in launch the first few days in launch and you're experiencing it, I guess, tell us a little bit about that experience, uh, what you liked, what you didn't like, um, what you, what, what you thought was interesting. What I didn't like, there's not much to say there because I drank the Kool-Aid fully and uh, embraced the culture right away. Uh, I know not everybody, uh, would have done the same thing, but for me, I, I found a peers that were like-minded in a lot of ways. Um, and I enjoyed the culture of, you know, asking questions, uh, critical thinking and being vulnerable and available to help others too. So all of these things very much I enjoyed, uh, from the teachers and from the peers. Um, so I was very happy in that environment, actually just like one of them best fun times of my life is going through that program. I never had so much fun learning, uh, compared to my entire college career. So, and then just a little bit of context for the listeners, right? It's, it's an in-person bootcamp, uh, located in Boston. 
Uh, it's 12 weeks of very intense um, training, right? I mean, formally, you know, it's like nine to five. However, it's very common for you to be pulling like 12 or 16 hour days just in terms of like you're sitting at the desk trying to absorb concepts, right? And so you do that for uh, 12 weeks. And um, and then there are a few weeks after that where you're sort of continuing um, for the for the job seeking process. Uh, but that just being a little bit of context to the program that, that we actually both went through. Okay, so you really enjoyed it. Um, and I guess as you're coming through to like maybe the middle and then towards the end, um, you know, can you tell us a little bit about like the skills that you developed and then then going into like the start of, of searching for the next job or the first job in your next career? The core skill there, of course, is learning to program. Um, we learn full stack uh, web development, which allows you to build uh, web applications on the web using Rails and React. And at that point in time, React was pretty hot technology to be learning. So it was pretty awesome to be in that skill set. Um, part of the program also, we learned to work in a group setting, which is pretty important. Um, learning that not every programmer is going to be on your same level. Some people are going to be ahead of you. Some people are going to be behind you. And learning to work effectively with your team members was pretty awesome and pretty uh, important skill set that I took forward for many years after that. Uh, another skill set is just uh, being humble to ask questions uh, in software. If you're not asking questions often, um, you're not learning, one, and two, you're getting stuck more than you need to. So being in that environment was pretty helpful uh, for that reason specifically. Yeah, for sure. Totally agree with that. And then towards the end of that, now you're like kind of wrapping up the program, feeling good um, for the, in this program. In this case, they have a sort of a career event where other companies come in and um, you get they get to be presented to by the students. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that experience and some, maybe some of the excitement that, that went into that? Yeah, it was pretty awesome. I was pretty nervous and messed up the first set of interviews I've had through that program. Um, funny enough, and but I was lucky to secure a job at Wayfair a few months after graduation, some applying and job hunting on my own. Uh, the Wayfair opportunity was delayed, but it came through. So I was very glad that worked out for me. Yeah, I mean, you definitely got one of the most exciting jobs coming out of that program. I mean, the idea that, you know, uh, 12 weeks, three months, really like maybe three and a half to four months to actually like starting the program to getting a job. Um, but extremely fast considering like, you know, you didn't know how to program at all. And then eventually like, you know, four months later, not even half a year later, you're like actually working at like a publicly traded technology company. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, that was pretty wild. And so you must've been excited, elated, all those, all those adjectives about, um, about that job. Um, just like, tell us a little bit about like the experience of like finally getting this job, moving, changing careers, like, and then that job at Wayfair. Yeah. So that's a, uh, that job was pretty unique and pretty awesome in a way where they had a second boot camp inside of the Wayfair, uh, engineering team where you get to do the labs program and that's a two week, uh, uh two months a fully paid uh, training program where you get uh, trained on their specific stack because they had a 
their own custom uh, PHP stack and they had their own custom front-end framework. Uh, though they were switching from that to React at the time, uh, but you had to learn how to use ethics-specific technologies. So um, I was a, a, instead of onboarding, they did that labs program for junior engineers to get them up and running. So that was pretty amazing. And uh, from that, I got to join the credit card team there, and that was an amazing experience. And learned a ton about because uh, I'm working, as you said, this is a public traded company, so our work is going to hundreds and thousands of people at a time. So that experience with learning to do web accessibility, translations, uh, making sure that we are testing for the UI to be working from mobile devices from the SE phone up until the Max phone. So getting to uh, Android and iOS and making sure all that, that stuff is working across all these experiences was pretty amazing. So having to see that was a pretty rewarding experience. Yeah, I mean, it must be, right? Like, not only do you get to, you know, have a great job and, you know, numbers wise, I also assume that like, you know, your new job is is much more comfortable financially as compared to where you were before, as you said, a, a mercenary. You know, all of this buildup of like, you know, frustration with your last job and then researching a, a possible outlet to getting into a new career and then going into that boot camp and doing that work and then finding a job and then actually getting into a job that you enjoy, that you like, like, can you just like take a moment to, to talk about that arc and just like, you know, I assume that you feel really excited about that transition. Like, could you just like say a few words about that? Yeah. You know, I'm thankful for that opportunity because that set me up for success everywhere. I went after that, everybody was like, wow, you went to Wayfair. Um, it's fantastic to work on such a big engineering organization because, um, I don't know if any many of your listeners know that Wayfair has about 5,000 engineers in the Boston area. So yeah, uh, crazy, big company. And about 800 other engineers in Germany. So uh, it's a huge engineering organization because they, they're building everything for their, for their technology needs, be it from finance to internal tools, to vendor tools, to logistics, to the uh, actual website, which is called a storefront. So the, it's a huge uh, engineering effort. Um, I think the only bigger logistics technologies, uh, web technologies that their company out there will be AWS. Uh, I mean, I mean, Amazon uh, for their logistics, that's the only bigger company uh, in scale. Um, so it's pretty cool uh, to learn from a lot of smart people. And they definitely had some of the smartest people in the Boston area, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that, I've been there a few times. I know I have a bunch of colleagues that, that do still currently work there. It's a really incredible place. Um, you know, they've had their ups and downs, like with stock-wise, but like in terms of as an engineering organization, it's like a pretty impressive place to work at. Okay, so let's say we skip forward, uh, you know, a few years now uh, to current day. Let's recap, like how many years have you been doing like software engineering? Um, and then like, do you have like a specialty? I was trying to specialize in the beginning with front-end technologies because um, I enjoyed that a lot. But um, quickly I learned that not a good place to be pigeonholed in because the job opportunities that come across you often tend to be full stack because a lot of times 
not everywhere will be a big big enough organization like a Wayfair or a Capital One or something like that, where you have dedicated front-end team members. Uh, a lot of places will need somebody that can do the full stack so they can set up their own back-end code and do their front-end code too. Uh, because also in a tight labor market, they can get rid of the front-end engineer sometimes because they can have the full stack engineers cover that if it's not a crucial part, like it's a tool or it's a internal service or something like that. They wouldn't need the, the front-end engineer for that because it doesn't have to be spot on. Um, right. It's a bit of a luxury. It's a bit, exactly. So I made the decision at that point in time to do full stack. So, and I saw that when I was trying out different roles and different uh, positions in different companies over the years after that. Um, that was very apparent. That was a good choice to make sure that I'm capable of doing full stack. And now I'm at my fifth year of the business. Nice. And you're working at launch now, um, but on the consultancy side. Yep. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that job and like what you do kind of day to day? Sure. Um, so I had the opportunity to come back to launch Academy uh, as they were scaling their uh, consultancy business. Um, and they were going to be soon uh, separating the two businesses. Um, one of the core principles that uh, Launch was built on was to try to build a apprenticeship model fully where you get to go through a boot camp, then you get to work in the industry. So one of the core things that the owner of the boot camp was trying to build was to have the consultancy side built up to be able to absorb engineers coming out of the boot camp. So um, I had that great opportunity to come back and work with my mentor and with uh, the CEO uh, on a big client they had. It's been amazing. I've been there for a year and a half now. We just relaunched as Launchware instead of Launch Academy to separate the two business identities because a lot of people, when selling them the software services, they didn't understand why would they be buying software services from an academy versus a, a development shop. Uh, so, so we had to make that story that distinction there. Okay. So thinking about your, your current job, your day to day, and, um, and just like your role as a, as an engineer now, like what's something that you really like about your job? Uh, I would say the team for sure. Um, the, we have a fun, uh, culture. Uh, we like love to joke around. We the challenges we face day to day. We we can joke about them. We can make uh, fun of this light of the situation to be able to push through the challenges. Because when you're working for a client, you don't have as much autonomy on the, the product direction as much as if, if you were an employee of the company. So um, a lot of times you're just like it's a storm and I got to accept uh, I'm going to get wet. So having that attitude and making fun of it as a team is uh, a pretty amazing and a lot of fun. Um, also, the biggest thing there is the learning because it's not just our team, it's multiple teams working for multiple clients. So we get to learn about multiple stacks and multiple businesses challenges at the same time. So it's pretty accelerated learning in that sense. So it's a pretty amazing experience for, in that sense. Yeah, my exposure to consultancy too is just all like, you know, very quick on your feet. You learn a lot very fast. Um, but for young engineers, that's awesome. It's really what you want. Um, okay, so those are the things that you like, uh, but it's not always all fun and games. What, what about something that you don't like about your new career? 
I think the biggest challenge is, which is something that I I struggled with going through the real estate business, right? It's the, with a new career, you still have to be your own boss a little bit in a smaller scale, but you still have to be your own boss and manage your time well. Because uh, as I learned, I was like, where is the boss that's going to give me everything, hands on the silver platter and organized and good to go? A lot of times you were working with the project manager or a business user that they're not organized and it's not in a, a lot of engineers will understand this. It's not a scrum or agile way. And they're like, we have to fix this thing or let's put up this fire. So a lot of the reality on the ground is a little, uh, is very different than what, what you read in books and what you learn in the boot camp. Um, not everything can be planned and organized and good to go and chunked in a way. So um, learning to organize myself on a day-to-day -day basis has been pretty helpful in my career uh, just to push the challenge. Say not everybody thinks like engineers. Right? <laughs> um, okay. So, you know, we've, we've gone through this really amazing story of how you started in Egypt and then you've like, you know, was thinking about being a scientist and now we're, you know, gone all the way into you being a software engineer for several years now working um, yeah, in a consultancy, building real products for, for really big, uh, impressive companies. And so now like looking back at that experience, would you say that changing careers was worth it? For sure. Yeah. The work-life balance is the biggest takeaway from all of that. Just, I remember in real estate, um, a lot of people that do work in real estate would, would identify with this Saturday and Sunday don't, don't belong to you because you have an open house to go to. You have to meet up a client after that in another open house. Um, then a client decides to put an offer in. You're writing up an offer and you're finishing up at midnight uh, Saturday and Sunday. And then your partner wants to hang out and they're working a nine to five job. And they're like, okay, when are we going to hang out? So it becomes, you have to take some weekends off and then you're losing business and then you're not there to take care of your clients at that time. So it becomes a, um, a struggle for somebody that doesn't know how to manage it. So having that automatically fixed in a sense where um, it's I'm on the same schedule as my partner has been amazing for my life and my personal life. And, you know, but also considering like the intensity and the work and the energy put into actually switching careers, as well as perhaps some of the unknowns of like, you know, maybe it wouldn't work out or this and that. I mean, if you consider all of that, would you do it again? Yeah. If I've never worked, if I would have never worked as a software engineer a day in my life, I would have appreciated going through the career switch still because the skills and the, the tools and the know-how that I learned is valuable on its own. Just being able to say, I can build this. If somebody says something about software, uh, I understand what they're talking about when they talk about AI and models and data and all that stuff. I understand what they're talking about. I'm not saying I'm, I would be able to build the next AI model, but I have a good understanding of what's going on and how that works and how the APIs work and all that stuff. And I can have a good high level understanding on it. And it would inform any career after that if I wanted to go in a different direction. So I would say for sure it's worth it. Okay. And so as we kind of reflect back um, and, you know, we, we try to conclude like every episode with this question of, you know, what would you tell 
your younger self, which hasn't like gone through the transition yet, or somebody else who was in a similar position to you that was like really unhappy with their job. Like, what would you say to that person? Two pieces of advice I would have, uh, don't rush. Um, as I found out, I was like, I saw friends that figured it out the first few years after college and it seemed like I had figured out and 90% of the people I know have gone through three to four, five, uh, jobs and even switched industries like I have over the years. So it's very interesting to see that, um, so I would say don't rush and don't, you don't need to have it figured out at the moment, wherever you're at. And um, I would say read uh, The Alchemist, uh, the book by Pablo Coelho. Um, that's the reason I moved to the US to begin with. And that, that book has given me the confidence to step into the unknown regardless, uh, be it the moving, being going to college here in the US, uh, being, um, you know, going out with my wife, uh, all of it is just a series of into the unknown and the career switch is the last one of these. And it's always rewarding at the other side of it. Awesome. Great recommendation. Put it on my book list. All right, Nader. Well, that's all the questions I have for you. Thank you so much. This has been an awesome interview. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it as well. Thank you, Gil. A pleasure chatting up and catching up with you. That was my interview with Nader Mokhtar, ex-real estate agent turned software engineer. If you were inspired by his story and want to hear from more people who also traded in jobs they hated for careers they now love, don't forget to subscribe to the Career Switcher podcast for more empowering journeys. Remember, it's never too late to make a change and be excited with the work you do every day. Keep pursuing your passions and we'll catch you on the next episode of Career Switcher. See you next time.